Hello, I'm Larry Turnbull, and welcome to Handy Around the House. This show can be heard at this time during the odd months of each year. We alternate with Laura Legendary with Legendary Insights, which can be heard at this time on the even months of the year. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Handy Around the House. I'm Larry Turnbull. I apologize for not being on in January, but uh, due to ACB obligations and other things that got in the way, I just wasn't able to get to it, and I apologize for that. But anyway, on to the new show. On this show, we're going to be talking about safety around the house. There are things you need to do to uh, try to make your home as safe as possible, and what... I'm going to focus on today is installing smoke detectors and making sure that they are in working order. Also checking your carbon monoxide detectors and making sure they're in working order. If you have gas appliances in your house, as I do, uh, that being a furnace, water heater, um, my stove's electric, but uh, many places around the United States have gas stoves in them, as probably many around the world do as well. Um... But in any case, uh, smoke detectors are a must-have to give you early warning in case a fire does break out in your house, though you want to make every effort to prevent that. You want to make sure, you know, things are safe around your kitchen area when you're cooking. Of course, uh, make sure all your electrical appliances, you know, lamps and TVs and electronics and what have you... Make sure the cords are safe, that they're not frayed or uh, anything like that. Make sure your outlets are not overloaded. Um, All kinds of things like that. Anyway, let's get on with installing a smoke detector. Now, in the United States, the building codes do encourage for smoke detectors to be interconnected. So if one goes off, they all do. Um... And that can be done in new construction, but that's a little more complicated to do, though not impossible, in an existing home. Um, And I'm not going to go into that today because uh, installing those type of smoke detectors would require some significant um, running of new circuits, you know, running new wiring in the house to do that. And there's a lot of variables that you have to take into consideration if you're going to go that route. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to install some independent battery-operated smoke detectors, which is something that you can easily do uh, around your house. The requirement is that you need to have one in every bedroom, as well as one in the hallway, and you need to have one close to the kitchen area, but not in it, because if it's directly in the kitchen, you'll get a lot of false alarms when you're in there cooking, especially if you're frying foods or anything that produces a lot of smoke. And then you also need one in, if you have a garage, you need to have one there, Um, And you also need to have one near your utility area where your furnace and water heater and and that sort of thing would be located. So I'm going to demonstrate. I'm going to go ahead and install a smoke detector here in one of the bedrooms in my house. 
And when you buy these smoke detectors, here's what you'd expect to find in the box. Of course, you'll find the smoke detector. Some may or may not include a battery. The, the ones that I bought did. And they come with mounting screws and wall anchors. Now, here's where I'm going to differ a little bit uh, with the installation. Uh, the screws that came with these smoke detectors that I bought are not self-tapping, meaning they don't have a sharp point at the end to penetrate the uh, wall's surface. They have to screw into the anchors themselves. And if I were going to use the anchors, I'd have to drill holes in the wall, which isn't too difficult to do, but you need to make sure they're in exactly the right places. And even then, Sometimes it's not guaranteed that the wall anchors would hold depending on your state of drywall or plaster or whatever kind of wall surface you've got. What I want to do in this case is I happen to have a lot of screws and other hardware around. And I actually do have some screws that have sharp points on them. And I'm going to go ahead and mount this smoke detector into what they call a wall stud. Wall studs are boards that you're wall surface secures to. They're hidden behind the walls. They're like 2x4 boards or they could be 4x4 or depending on the house who on how it was built but nonetheless there are boards behind your wall that uh, your electrical wiring is secured to and your wall surface is mounted on. So in order to locate a wall stud obviously it's behind the wall so you're not going to see it directly or feel it or however you're trying to locate it <clears throat> so there's two ways you can tap on the wall and if you hear a hollow sound you're probably not tapping on a wall stud if it sounds more solid then you probably are and there's also a stud finder now in this bedroom I'm gonna mount the smoke detector above the bedroom door I'm just inside the bedroom and going up here above the door. I'm going to look for a wall stud. First, I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way by just tapping. That kind of sounds hollow. And there's probably one over here. There might be one there, but I want to be more precise about it. So I'm going to use a stud finder here that makes an audio tone. And just put it against the wall and push in and hold the button here. Just kind of move right there. That indicates a wall stud there. So, what I want to do now this wall stud also has the ability to detect electrical wiring and it would do a short series of beeps to uh, indicate that but I know in this area there are no electrical wires because I know the circuits in this house and which way they're going so I'm going to go ahead and put the first screw against the wall here and try to mark it 
and try to and go ahead and put it somewhat into the wall because the nice thing about these smoke detectors I can put the screws in first and the holes that the, in the smoke detector where the screws are going to are keyhole shaped meaning I can just set the smoke detector on you know onto the screws and let let it drop into the narrow slots of the keyhole and go ahead and secure things so now I'm using a Phillips screwdriver to go ahead and get this first screw in. I'm not going to screw it in all the way, but just enough to get it where it will stay in place. I'm using a ratchet style screwdriver. We're going to get more torque on it. That's in pretty good. So now it's still out enough though where I can slide the uh, smoke detector into it. So now I'm going to take the smoke detector because this is going to determine where I'm going to put the other screw. tap here. Let me go ahead and set it like this. try to get these and these smoke detectors are round so I'm not too worried about getting them perfectly level because it's not gonna really matter if they were square then that would be a different story to make things look right Now I'm going to take the other screw this. Now I've got it pretty well set where I want it so we're going to go ahead and secure this one in. Oh, it wants to slip on me. Let's see if we can 
catch it. Now I'm starting to penetrate the stud because I'm getting a lot more resistance here. Secure. And there's only two screws that hold this smoke detector in place. Let's go ahead and tighten the other screw now. And voila, this smoke detector is mounted now. So that was just as easy. Got quite a few others I need to do that way. So, like I said, just putting it in the studs will make sure it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, this unit is mounted and it's not going to go anywhere. Now the next thing I need to do is go ahead and put the battery in it and we'll test it. And there are two different types of smoke detectors, actually three. One is ionization detection, another is photo, and then there's one that's both. And you want to have one that has both. Ionization is... It detects uh, fires that, you know, suddenly flare up. And the photosensitive ones will detect smoldering, you know, when you have more smoke than flame. Um, but you definitely want both. And you want to, obviously, you want to detect a fire that is, 
in its very early stages, so you have time to either try to put it out or just abandon and get out altogether. Another thing with fire safety, you need to have an escape plan in case a fire does break out in your home. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and try to get this battery in. Okay, contacts there. Let's try this way. Okay, batteries, these batteries only go in one way. Close it down. Battery's in. Now let's test this. I'm going to hit the test button and we should hear a squealing smoke detector. Let's see. There we are. We got one. <laughs> it's recommended that you change the batteries about every six months usually around when we change back and forth between daylight saving and standard time and it's also a good time to check your co detectors if you have them and like i said earlier if you have a gas appliance such as a furnace water heater stove you'll want to have one of these because what they detect is carbon monoxide which is generated when gas is burned it's odorless you can't smell it you cannot taste it and but it can be very deadly if your house gets filled up with it and I have a CO detector here in the hallway there's one here and then there's one down in the basement near where my furnace is so if I want to test it, I can just hit this test button here. And you just heard that. And that's the CO detector. <clears throat> Let's see if we can get it to be quiet now. <laughs> that's the problem with this one, is you, you press it and it'll keep beeping until you press the reset again. <clears throat> Okay, so that's 
fixed on that one. The other thing you might want to have, and I don't have one yet, but I'll briefly talk about it, is a fire extinguisher. Now, there are three types of fires that could occur in a home. I mean, there is a fourth class, but that would more likely happen in a industry, a factory, or something like that. You have your Class A fire, which is started by solid combustible materials, such as paper, wood, um, and any other materials, you know, like fabric or something like that. That's, that's your Class A fire. Class B is your liquid combustibles, such as grease, gasoline, oil, um, and other flammable liquids. And then you have a Class C, which is electrical fire. And then the one that most likely will not happen in your home, Class D, is uh, molten metals, um, special alloys and stuff like that. A lot of those wouldn't be in your home. So your fire extinguishers, you want to have an all-purpose one that covers Class A, B, and C. And that usually has a type of uh, fire foam that you can use to put out the fire. Now, if the fire is small enough and it's contained in a place like an oven or something like that, you can go ahead and use it to try to get that fire under control. However, if the fire is already spreading through your kitchen or through a room or something like that don't try to put it out just get out of the house and of course get the call the fire department so of course if you have any questions you can email me larry at acbradio.org and i can uh, try to answer any of your household projects on the next show not sure what it's going to be yet. There's a couple of things I'm tossing around. And I will definitely get back to you on that. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Handy Around the House. And I'll see you around. <laughs>